You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Uh, Ulysses, I feel very stuffy this morning, and it probably is coming through the airwaves right now, so I totally apologize for that, but we will continue on, move on. The weather is changing slightly in the Tampa Bay area, even a drop of a couple degrees Yes, affects my allergies and my deviated septum and and all that sort of fun stuff, so uh, it could be worse. I could be living in, in Toronto or... Yes. somewhere way up north. And so. if you were living in Toronto, you would not be getting the, the Raptors. Hello, Tampa Bay scores another one this 2020. Yes, yes I that. think we'll be doing, or I'll be doing a crossover with the Locked On Raptors host sometime this week to discuss that. So maybe this is a trade in the works. We get an NBA team and Canada gets a partial MLB team. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens down the line. Here, my theory is the the... Tampa Bay Raptors NBA guys they're not going to want to leave when they they see oh this is what November December January feels like <laughs> moreover Drake has to be coming to town Drake is a huge Raptors fan oh that's maybe right he's buying maybe he, he'll rent a, a room in uh, Tom Brady's or Derek Jeter's home on Davis <laughs> Island lots of lots of discussions there uh we'll, we'll save that for another time though um, we have more pressing business and typically we do our weekend takeaways, which we technically are going to do today, but there's really one big overarching takeaway from this past weekend, right? Ulysses. The one and only takeaway has to be that the 40 men was, was set and a couple guys that made contributions of their own are no longer with the team. And that is, uh, Brian O'Grady. With who I think had maybe six at bats at most with the team, and Not less than ten, I know that. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, the the one that came with the uh, the blank prospect uh, for yes. Tommy Pham and Jay Cronenworth, that trade did not work out. So yeah, they both get DFA'd. This I think most race fans saw this coming Hunter Renfro being DFA. Yes. I actually, the Brian O'Grady was kind of a, a surprise, but you know, understandable too. You need space. And so those are the names coming out. The names coming in to the 40 man, uh, Taylor walls, Josh Lowe, and drew Strotman. So I guess Strotman gets the, the big flag here of, Hey, we believe in you kiddo, even though you had Tommy John last year and we didn't really, see you uh that much so how about that uh yeah what do you feel about those additions subtractions from the 40 man there's a lot to unpack there first off i do want to hold my reservation on the 
Hunter Renfro trade being a complete failure as of yet. I want to see, again, until Xavier Edwards' career is in full form, if he turns out, not saying he will be, but if he turns out to be Lindor, that could be also sure. Esteban Kuros. That could be a good depth piece down the line. But that's another guy that people forget about that. That guy has, has mashed at AAA and has had some versatility. So as of right now, it is not looking good. Mayday, mayday, mayday. That, and right. part of this too is I, I still want to hold on to my prediction that I think that I thought Hunter Renfro would finish with a higher war than Tommy Pham. Of course, that did not happen, but I am not going to completely say it was a lost trade until we see the fruits of the labor really come to form. As far as Brian O'Grady, a little bit surprising, yes, I guess, but I think, you know, it really sucks for O'Grady because of the situation and this year, 60-game season. I think if there was a 162-game season and you have – more injuries to your mm-hmm. outfield and position players and things of that sort. O'Grady would have gotten a shot and maybe would have gotten a shot before Randy Rosarina and then just circumstances happen. And it's like, well, we don't have a, a spot for you. We've got so many outfielders. The race still yeah. have a lot of outfielders that they've got to figure out what they're going to do with. We're still, we're talking about maybe even trading Kevin Kiermeyer and, and moving off Brett Phillips. I mean, there's a lot of guys there. So that that's how I've kind of summarized the, the Renfro O'Grady thing and who knows maybe they're maybe O'Grady's just always going to be a quad a player I'd like to see him get at least a half a season yeah real season of, of big league baseball to see what he could do because at AAA there's really nothing else left he can prove it's just he was sort of a consequence of the Rays outfield depth at this point but I also think he plays first base too so that could have been a possibility as well for him to be used there if it was 162 game season and you would expect Okay, Yanni goes down, G-Man goes down, an outfielder goes down. All right, O'Grady, your call. Here you go. Probably. The issue is that one of the – no, two of the pieces in the outfield are very costly right now for the race. Yoshi and Kevin Kiermaier. Mm -hmm. So those are unmovable pieces, I think. Definitely Yoshi. I mean, you're you're keeping Yoshi. Nobody's taking him away uh, from you for $7 million. Okay, can you find a partner? And if not, okay, well, then he's staying there. You got superstar (laughs) from the postseason, Randy Rosarena. You're not moving him. Austin Meadows, you're not moving him. So now it gets to be Manny Margot, you're not moving him. So where does, you know, Hunter and Brian fit in? So that makes sense. Now, if you were going to add people, I am very interested in Josh Lowe. Obviously, great defensive uh, skills that, uh, in, in the outfield, center field. Taylor Walls, great arm, great range in the infield, both to be one of the best defensive in the infield yeah. and the outfield positions. But Strotman, a uh, guy that came back from Tommy John, that was, I think, the interesting a uh, little piece when I saw that he was added to the 40 man because yeah, a couple, a couple of things there with those guys. I, I, there was no secret that Taylor walls and Josh Lowe were going to be added. Right. Taylor walls, Josh Lowe, like you mentioned, extremely good defensively. I think Josh Lowe has a potential to be a 2020 guy, Taylor walls, switch hitter, a guy who can get on base. He's I don't think ever going to be a huge power threat, but mm-hmm. a guy who is rated as really the team's top infield defender or the, the, the top infield defender prospect in the organization that can play second, third and shortstop without any hesitation. So those were like, okay, we know they're going to add Taylor Walls, Josh Lowe. 
who's that third guy going to be if there is going to be a third guy? And it turned out to be Drew Strotman, Strotman who, uh, Ulysses, did you know who Drew Strotman was before uh, the Rule 5 moves were announced? I, I've seen his name pop up in and out, uh, but not like followed his career or anything like that. I yeah. think his name is more uh, friendly to my ear than Mike Brasso's was before Brasso came in. So Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. That's understandable because quite frankly, I'm sure I saw the name somewhere, but he was not on my radar. I don't remember yep. hearing much, if anything, about him. And of course, coming back from Tommy John surgery and things like that. But uh, he's gotten really good marks in the instructional league. Mid-90s fastball. He's got a cutter, uh, a slider, I believe. And I think it was something where we may have something here. This guy is recovering well from TJS and he's really making strides and improvements and we don't want another team to scoop him up. Also considering that the injuries to Brendan McKay, Jalen Beeks, Yanni Chirinos, plus you could have the internal promotion to the rotation of Brent Honeywell and or yeah. Shane McClanahan. It's like, well, we've, we've got a spot for a pitcher. It's just, who is that pitcher going to be? It could have been Paul Campbell. It could have been Kenny Rosenberg. It could have been Phoenix Sanders, but in this case, it's Drew Strotman who, uh, by looking at uh, what people are saying about him, maybe a little bit of a better version than John Curtis. I don't know. The, the Rays definitely have more information than all of us fans and, and just followers out there. We, we haven't seen the, uh, the instructional league footage or anything like that, but they know enough about this guy that they feel comfortable and prepared to add him to the 40-man, which I don't think – anybody should really say, Oh, the, why are they doing that? They have their reasons for this. Sure. But see, that's the interesting part about it is that he wasn't included into his 60 player pool. Taylor walls and Josh Lowe drew wasn't. So my issue with this is like, how, what has he been doing for the last five, five months? I'm, I'm sure you're, he, he's on a, on, on the FaceTime training regiment, but you know, it, it, it seems well, like, he, yeah, I, I'm sure they're, again, like you said, they've got their numbers, they know what they're doing, but it just seems like if you believe in this guy this much to, to protect him, why wasn't he in the 60 player pool? I mean, there was somebody in that 60 player pool that might not have had, had to be there. If you're going, if you weren't going to protect him or if you're going to protect Drew and he's not there, you know what I'm saying? Well, maybe they weren't prepared for him to be, on the big league rotation or in, in the big leagues at that point, maybe they weren't ready for him to move on from Tommy John surgery. Maybe there was a delay of some sort. I don't, I'm not really that hung up on that piece of it. Um, like were some of these other guys that they were considering Paul Campbell, Moses Gomez, Tristan Gray, Kenny Rose. There's only so many spots on the 60 man too. That's the other thing. Um, right. So I don't really know where to go with that. So on the whole, are you, is this about what you expected? I guess that they would add a walls, a low and some kind of pitcher, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I mean, okay. again, the, who would the, you, Drew, okay. Who would you have rather added instead of Drew Strotman? Was Gary there a guy? Whitley. Gary Whitley, okay. I, I thought was a, a, an important piece there or, or Moises Gomez. I, I, Did I they have like to that. add Whitley? I believe he was okay. on that list. Maybe, okay. maybe not. Uh, but I don't know. I just feel like th there's a couple bats there that, that could have been uh, a difference. But hey, Drew Strotman, you needed a pitcher. Uh, maybe you can't do. Maybe that's a, 
a philosophical way of adding in the 40 man ride, like not just go for one side of the, of the ball here, just go offensively. You got to take a picture here too. That's where they decided to go with Drew. Yeah. I, I, I don't oppose it. I just, I just feel like it's, it's rather odd that the guy that you're going to be protecting not only came out of Tommy John the year prior, but uh, also was not under your nose per se during the 60 player pool. And you know, that, that just, yeah. that just seems odd to me. Right. And guys emerge. I think it's also one of those things too, where the Rays have a lot of infielder outfield types that are on the 40 man already. There's only so many spots to go around. Like where's Kevin Panlow going to come into the equation. Right. Then you add a Garrett Whitley. It's like, well, where, where's he going to be on the list? So there's a lot of things also considering other teams out there. What are the odds of them picking up a Drew Strotman, a pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who could be a top end reliever at some point, as opposed to adding you know, a corner infielder or something like that. So there's a lot of things into account that are taken, I'm sure. What I thought was kind of interesting, though, was that uh, the Rays had Peter Bendix uh, discuss these moves instead of Eric Neander. I don't know if Eric Neander was celebrating vacation early or if they're trying to maybe mold <laughs> Bendix as the next general manager. Here's our next mouthpiece. Get ready, because at some point, Eric Neander is probably going to move on or may move on to a bigger organization and go on from there. I don't know. Did you watch or uh, hear the interview with Peter Bendix? Well, yeah, I, I got the, a, a few quotes from him. And I think, look, obviously you don't want to badmouth a player ever. Uh, you you don't want to burn bridges. And I'm not here claiming that you have to do that. But I think a little bit of honesty would, it's, it, it's nice and refreshing. And the Rays didn't really do that with Bendix here and the, on the quote regarding Hunter Renfro. Did you did yeah. you get a, a glimpse of that? I mean, basically, we were going to DFA him anyway. We weren't going to pay him four million dollars, so might as well just let him go here and and let him test out free agency, right? Well, yeah, ish. But then b- before that, he goes, I, "I think we got what we were hoping to get uh, from from Hunter this year." Wolf, really? You were expecting a one fifty six, two fifty two, three ninety three slash line, really? That's yeah. what you're expecting from him. And that's why you gave up Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth. Cause you expected to get this type of production. Woof. I mean, do, I mean, look, I'm not going to be on the Hunter Renfro number one fan bandwagon here, but do the guy a little bit of respect here and, and tell me that he had it down year, but you were expecting a little bit more. Don't, don't sell right. the, the standard of Hunter Renfro's yeah. skill at 156, 252, 393. For God's right. sake, come on, Bendix. Yeah, I don't know how that question was asked or posed. Maybe it was in reference to the postseason and some of the defensive plays he made and some of the power he showed. So that could also be a little bit of, I don't want to say revisionist history, but how was the question asked or answered working in journalism? Sometimes you just pull a quote and maybe it wasn't that direct question. So I'd have to go back and listen to the interview. I'm not really sure, but uh, I mean, we got, I guess, consistency from Renfro in the sense of we know he gives you high strikeout rates and a low on base percentage power, and uh, he can play right field. And that's that's about what you got from him. But you're definitely not going to pay that guy three and a half to four million dollars. Yeah. So no. uh, that is going to be something, uh, you know, I, I hope he gets another opportunity with another organization and, and go on from there. But it was uh the Renfro era was not necessarily kind uh, to the Rays <laughs> this year. Uh, we will continue this discussion with a couple more things. But first, we've got to tell you about the greatest protein bar on earth, and that is Built Bar. 
We're talking about 18, 19, 20 amazing flavors, including several new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Uh, all these protein bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're all soft and easy to chew. They're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Uh, looking at the peanut butter flavor here, you're looking at 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams sugar, and just five grams net carbs. We know you want some built bars before the holiday season, trying to get in shape for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, all the holidays. Uh, to do so, it's easy. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and that'll get you $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for $10 off at builtbar.com. Before we move on, I just wanted to point out, Kevin, that if you go to Fangraphs, you have this ability to compare players, right? You can see their numbers or statistic, uh, whatever you want, and and compare a couple players here and there. And I had a little bit of fun a few months ago, maybe mm-hmm. September, and I tried putting Hunter Renfro with an X-ray that everybody hated and still pretty much hate if you're in the fandom. And the numbers were very interesting because for all of the vitriol that that guy caused. In Ray's fandom, his numbers matched up pretty well to Hunter Renfro. Do you know who I am talking about? Is it a catcher? He's not a catcher. Is it an outfielder? At one point. Oh, my gosh. But he I was, was going to say Jose Molina because when I think of vitriol in Ray's fans, <laughs> I think of Jose Molina so help me out here. Who is the guy that uh, you have in question here? Pat the Bat Burl. Everybody okay. just, you know, can't, he comes in uh, and we're all expecting Pat the Bat. He does not perform well by the time of 2010 in May. Comes around. He's, he's out of here. Look at his numbers if you have a chance, race fans, to put the name Hunter Renfro on fan graphs. Compare him to Pad Burrow and uh, Wolf. If we, I mean, just remember how awful you felt when uh, every time Pad Burrow was at bat, uh, was, was had an at bat. My goodness, Hunter Renfro did worse things than Pad Burrow did. And I yeah. know 60 games, even less for, for Hunter because he didn't play that much in the regular season. Um, I think it, he ended up playing 40 games. Wolf. So that I just wanted to put that out there. Like he had to be DFA, especially $4 million. Like uh, there's no, I don't think there's a lot of love lost here with Hunter Renfro. No question. And I acknowledge that. I think it's one of those things where, yeah, you'd love to see him get more of an opportunity like Brian O'Grady and see what he could do over 162. But the playing time issue and the strikeouts and the fact that things were just not working for him. And I think it's a little bit of a different case like I get the the numbers on the whole but Pat Burrell had so much of a longer pedigree yeah in his career I mean he had a decade-long run and you're like well he's going to go from the Phillies to the Rays and he's going to continue to do what he did for the past 10 years he's going to give you you know 270 and and 25 30 bombs or whatever it is where 
Hunter Renfro wasn't a free agent. He's, he was young and cheap at the time. I do think, though, that in comparing Burrell and Renfro, it seems like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading the tea leaves too much, but I don't know if those guys truly really wanted to be with the Tampa Bay Rays because Renfro has kind of made some uh, comments about playing time and not being on the field enough and things like that and uh, the platoons being different. Like, right. he's probably – Throughout his career, even with San Diego, was used to being an everyday player because of the defense yes. he provided. No matter if it's a righty, lefty, no matter if it's a guy that throws a lot of junk and, and breaking balls and things like that, like he was expected to be playing. He was expected to be in the lineup where the Rays hey, do that differently. So it's look, all about you got to be able to be a, a true, true team player and, and realize that you're not going to be out there every day, guy. It, it's it, it and it sucks for the, those guys because Hunter Renfro has probably un, until he got to the majors or maybe double A AA or triple A he had always been the guy though every major leaguer had always been the guy in their team right. that's why they got to be in the major league so when you go to the final stage and they say hey we only are we're only throwing you against soft tossers uh, from the left side you're like well I've I've always played so why are you reducing my play time now that I've finally here in my final stage and that takes a lot of right. uh, you know to, to be able to succeed in a level like that uh, if you think the Rays 40 man maneuvers and such are over oh, contraire you are sadly <laughs> mistaken because we have non-tender season coming up and G-Man Choi could be a candidate. Also, the Rays, if you look at the 40-man roster as it's currently constructed, still only one catcher yep. by a guy, by by the name of a guy who has not played above a ball in Ronaldo Hernandez. And the word out there is the Rays want, need, starving for catching help. I saw a tweet from Jim Bowden said, uh, that says, quote, the Rays have made it clear to other teams their offseason priority is to acquire catching, catching, and catching so there are going to be a lot more maneuvers in the form of trades and signings and um, maybe don't get attached to all these prospecty types and uh, some of the other core players on the Rays roster because as I see it right now uh, not looking at the pitchers but the Rays currently have seven outfielders and 11 infielders on the 40 man I think you're gonna have to make a, a decision really quickly about Choi and Nate Lowe with the non-tender yeah they're the same player they're yeah. the same player so who are you going to be are you going to pay Choi the three million probably that he's going to get or are you no. going to come or you're going to pick Nate Lowe the 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 cheaper version who has less than a year service time I think we're going to say goodbye to Choi right uh, yeah. the, uh December 2nd people marketing your calendar that's the non-tender deadline we we, we haven't seen the last of uh, of moves and, and news and we're going to take you through them but uh look at that 40 man uh i think the catching has to be a priority and we've talked about this uh how you can make a, a little bit of a splash right with uh you know a, a big trade and, mm-hmm. and possibly get a wilson Contreras if you make the right package it has to be it i, I i've always been on the side of figure out that the pitching first what do you got? Who do you have after Glass now and Snell and possibly Yarbrough? Who do you have right. in the four and, f- and, f- and five spots? But I guess they want to focus on catching because, like you said, only one in that 40. Yeah. Man. And it sucks because the Rays currently have what three 
uh, well, several injured pitchers that are going to be immediately taken off the 40 man once the season officially starts. So right. the Rays currently have a, a 37 man or something along those lines. And that's the other thing too. Do you, do you try to find that fifth starter out there? Pochet, Chirinos and Beaks, correct? I believe that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's three wow. at least right there. So you might have to part again, if you want that top tier catcher, you might have to part with, of Adele Brujan and a Kevin Kiermaier or don't gasp, but a Blake Snell and somebody like it might, it, it's going to cost you in the raise the, the hands already been uh, looked at here, right? A poker, yeah. t- the Rays have made it clear and you can just look at their depth chart and see, Oh, they need catcher. So we are going to <laughs> ask the world. Yes. We need middle infielder help. Well, well we're asking for anybody and everybody except for, I guess, They'll try, but they're not going to get Randy Rosarina or Wander Farm. Right. It's pretty yeah. much everybody else touchable except those two. I, I Wander's mean, not I, on the 40 man, but. I would think, I would think yes. Uh, you know, if you, you take out those two guys, uh, Randy and Wander, but I mean, I, it depends, right? Because it, yeah. I, I don't think you're going to just say, yeah, take all my, the, the Rays like their prospects. And so they're going to be careful with that but uh, i don't know it depends man if 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 you got wilson Contreras for two years and they say no but we need vidal right uh, on, on this one then you go like well uh, we hope xavier edwards is the, <laughs> the next big thing yeah. too yeah you're gonna have to hope a, a lot from from a couple of young guys because they might be gone uh, another another mm-hmm. pair yeah and the race haven't been shy about trading some of those prospects that are kind of in that triple a range that are mm-hmm almost ready to be taken out of the oven if you will maybe a kevin padlow and yep. some other guys of that sort go back to the matt uh, not the matt lieber toward trade the uh who am i thinking of jake cronenworth the jake yep. cronenworth trade. oh my goodness uh so there we go with that um finally uh we we did a patreon post over the weekend where we discussed in depth our official votes for the 2021 Hall of Fame. Ulysses and I do not have a vote nor a membership to the Baseball Writers Association of America, but we pretend we do and pretend (laughs) we did. So we are right now going to unveil our unofficial, official votes for uh, 2021 Hall of Fame season. Ulysses, I'll let you go ahead and run down your list. I'll run down my list. If you're interested in hearing more, about our reasonings behind our picks, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. Ulysses. All right, here we go in alphabetical order. Bobby Abreu, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Gary Sheffield, and Omar Vizquel. I've got eight on my list. Very good. I've got six on my list, not in any alphabetical order here. Kurt Schilling, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, Bobby Abreu, Jeff Kent, and Todd Helton. So if you want to hear more about why we made the decisions we made, you will notice there is one commonality between myself and Ulysses' picks, and that is there are none of the newcomers on the Hall of Fame ballot. So Mm -hmm. no Burley, no Hudson, no Torrey Hunter, no Michael Kadire. None of those types of guys. No, so again, no Nick you, Swisher. He didn't make it. Wait, he didn't make what? The not, cut. Swisher, not 
That nope. Swisher, oh, we were so close. I right know. on the border oh, there. Right there, man. He was right there. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I want to say Hall of Very Good. I'll say Hall of Good for Nick Swisher. Yeah. yeah. Hall, of, oh, Hall of Goods. On Hall that. of Really Good Haircuts sometimes. That's probably yes. it. Yeah. That's what he was. I don't know if that's what you want to most be known for as a baseball player. You probably want to be known for, yes. you know, Tony Gwynn probably wants to be known for his hitting ability rather than right. his tobacco habit and such. But yeah, Nick Swisher, uh, he was also kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel like if Twitter was around or who knows, maybe it was, if it was as big as it is now, he would be kind of like a big personality there but yeah i could be wrong with that so maybe maybe uh those little videos uh stories or whatever yeah yeah things of that sort all right that'll do it for this edition of locked on rays now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on mlb prospects hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow